of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. everyone. Welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and after missing a week, uh, I am back and uh, happy to be here discussing uh, matters related to the, uh, theology, worship, and culture. We've had quite a few cultural topics uh, this year already. Um, this one that I am going to be discussing is a theological matter and specifically a liturgical matter. And I am very excited about this topic. One, because I have never discussed it on my podcast. Uh, and two, because as a, an advocate of the liturgical calendar of the church year, uh, and what it brings to our faith, uh, this is an important topic. I feel it's important to me and, and, and to many others, um, And perhaps you know people who are liturgical or attend or are part of a liturgical church, meaning that they follow a lectionary in the church year. Um, This is something that will probably be important to them. And um, so what I'm going to be talking about today is what we gain from observing Lent, the season of Lent. Now, when I was growing up and I heard the term Lent, I thought they were referring to belly button Lent. I had no idea what that had to do with the Christian year at all. I didn't have any idea what Lent was, and uh, it just there was no connection for me because I grew up in a free church that did not follow electionary, uh, and I still attend a church like that. Um, and and it's not a matter of good versus evil either way. There is no mandate to observe Lent, and I will get into that. But I want to talk about specifically what we can gain as Christians and as the church from observing the season of Lent. So the reason I am doing this today is because Ash Wednesday is coming up here in a few days. And so my aim today is to discuss what the church as a whole, what Christians individually might gain from observing the season of Lent. Lent is not solely Catholic, as many would assume. I have met many people who just think that stuff like that is Catholic. That's a Catholic thing. It is not Protestant. It's not evangelical. And that is false. There are many Protestant traditions who observe the Lenten season. And there are many evangelical traditions. In fact, there seems the pendulum is swinging back the other way and there is a resurgence of liturgy even in evangelical and free traditions. So it's also not insincere, the season of Lent. It's not insincere to observe Lent simply because it's a tradition. Some people might assume that. Well, it's just a tradition. It's just a ritual, and therefore it is insincere. That is false, and I have discussed that fact before, that just because something is a tradition or a ritual does not mean it is insincere. That is a matter of the person's heart. Sincerity, it's connected to the person's heart. So this is perhaps what Jesus means when he says in Matthew 15, 8, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And so uh, ritual tradition certainly could be insincere depending on the heart. 
Jesus in saying that was not saying that to take part in rituals and in traditions is wrong. And that, and we should not assume that that is putting words in Jesus mouth that he did not say, but this highlights the, this also highlights the corporate nature of spirituality. When Jesus says this people, there is a corporate nature in spirituality. It's individual and corporate. So the spirituality, um, is not just an individual matter, but it also points to a deeper matter than what is on the surface. Lent, for example, in any season, you could, you could say not just Lent, but you could say the season of Easter, in fact, or Christmas or Advent or whatever. Lent certainly could be surface level for some people, but for others, again, depending on the heart, Lent could, and should for everyone in reality be a sincere observance those who are observing the season of lent so what is lent it's not belly button lent that's not what i'm talking about lent is the 40 day season leading to easter and this season could be the reason it's considered 40 days is you exclude the sundays okay so really it's 6 sundays before easter so it begins ash wednesday and then ends the Saturday of the Paschal Triduum, which is just before Easter Sunday. If you have Holy Week that begins on Palm Sunday, one week before Easter, the Paschal Triduum is the three days before Easter. So it starts with Monday, Thursday, and then you have Good Friday and you have Saturday. A lot of people forget that these things happen, that Jesus was in the upper room that Thursday night, that he was crucified on Friday. It's not just Easter. It's so thin just to think of Easter as just Resurrection Day, and that's it. Even after Easter, Easter is an entire 50-day season. So Lent begins uh, 40 days before that. On Ash Wednesday, that is when it starts, and we'll get into why um, it's referred to as Ash Wednesday and that sort of thing. Um, so it begins then and runs through the Saturday, the day before Easter, the day before resurrection Sunday. So when is Easter? Why is Easter a different day every year? Easter is the first Sunday. Follow me here. Okay. This is confusing. The first Sunday after the first full moon, after the spring equinox, let me do that in reverse. So you have the spring equinox. Whenever the first full moon is after that spring equinox, the next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And there are a there is a plurality of reasons as to why um, this observation, this uh, feast day in the Christian calendar, it revolves around the moon's cycles. There are various reasons. Suffice it to say that that's where we are now and we just need to deal with it, okay? Okay. Um, so Lent, Ash Wednesday starts Ash Wednesday. Um, the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, so this coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. The, the day before that is what's called often called Fat Tuesday in Western culture. That really is uh, not a, um, a good term for it, I, I don't think. Uh, it's, it really should be referred to as Shrove Tuesday. Um, and it's often lumped in with Lent, but it's actually just before Lent begins. Shrove Tuesday. Shrove is from the Latin absolve, which it's intended for the believer to reflect on the current sins and struggles which he or she needs to repent. Uh, let's let's face it. 
We all have struggles throughout our Christian life. Just because we, we become a Christian does not mean we stop struggling. And we could point to those right now. Oh, this is what I'm struggling right now. Uh, so it's evolution into Fat Tuesday. Shrove's, Shrove Tuesday's evolution into Fat Tuesday really is unbiblical. It's unhistorical. And it's a distortion of its intent at best. So Lent. Let's get back into Lent. Lent's beginnings really are born of a second century reflection during a two-day feast, uh, which included fasting. Uh, It was really two days of fasting in the church leading to Easter. So it was not a full, it was not 40 days originally. It was just two days leading to Easter. And by the third century, fasting was expanded through Holy Week. So they would start on Palm Sunday. And fast that entire week. And then by the 4th century, Rome developed a practice of a three-week fast, which expanded throughout the empire and eventually became an observance of an entire season beginning the 6th Sunday before Easter. And now we are where we are. Ash Wednesday begins the season of Lent. The biblical background of for this season really is diverse. It's diverse, and it includes the 40-day flood of Noah, be simply reflective of a total focus on God. It's declaring our own spiritual death and new life in Christ. Death to self, new life to Christ. I have heard multiple criticisms of Lent and the idea of giving up something during the season. Why such a practice would be criticized, I really can only speculate. But my initial assumption on this is that Lent is associated, one, with Catholicism, and two, with meaningless ritual. And I've sort of mentioned that already. I've already covered the meaningless ritual, but to associate Lent solely with Catholicism is to negate the fact that prior to the Reformation, there were not denominations, but only one church. So many of the practices employed today, even in the Catholic traditions, even in Protestant traditions, are derived from a people centered around Jesus Christ. Liturgical observances then are not uniquely Catholic, but are deliberate ways to tell the full counsel of God through time. You see, God stepped into time and space in the person of Jesus Christ, and he uses time and space to proclaim the gospel. So what a lectionary and a liturgical calendar does is it provides humanity a way to share the gospel, the story of Jesus Christ through time and space. And we live in the reality of Jesus and what he has done in our lives and what he is doing in our lives. A lot of Protestant churches observe liturgical seasons and feasts, even Lent, to this day. It's not just Catholic. It's not just high church. There are, In fact, like I said, there's a pendulum swinging back the other way where liturgy has a resurgence in churches. And so by observing the season of Lent, we pave the way for a Godward focus, a decrease in focus on ourselves and an increase in focus on God. The third thing we gain from uh, observing the season of Lent is a humility and a dependence on God. Think about Jesus 40 days in the desert. He fought Satan himself with scripture. He did not eat for the duration of his time in the desert. And he had to totally rely on God. He fasted for 40 days. I know people who have done that and, and... I'm amazed at the number of Christians that are shocked when I have told them that I know people who have fasted for 40 days. I've never done it myself. Um, 
but th- they act like, well, can you survive? Well, Jesus did. And their response is, well, yeah, but he was God. Yes, but he was human. We always forget about his humanity. Yes, the son is fully God, but he was in the word incarnate. He's God incarnate, is God incarnate, not just was. He is God incarnate, fully human. And so on Ash Wednesday, when a, when a minister is placing ashes on the forehead of, of someone who opts to receive them, by the way, if you see that, that's what's going on. Uh, my mom told me one time that she saw somebody that she used to work with with, with uh, an X on her forehead and thought that it was just a smudge or some dirt or something. And she thought about telling her, hey, you have something on your head. Um, but that was purposeful. Um so when a minister places ashes on someone's forehead who opts to receive them, he or, she, he or she usually says something like this. They'll say, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Repent and believe the gospel. The idea is that we are human. One day we will die. The mortality rate of humans is 100%. God, however, is eternal, and the Ashes remind us of both our mortality and God's immortality. And so the realization should give us a humility that is only indicative of our present realization that we are human, that we're mortal. Many people choose to give up something during Lent, whether food or something else, out of a perpetual realization that life comes from God and humanity is completely dependent upon him. And so a season such as Lent, which offers a time to focus and refocus more on God and less on self, grants us the opportunity to realize our own depravity and mortality and to also reflect upon God and our dependence on him. The fourth thing that Lent does when we observe the Lenten season the fourth thing that we gain is we gain a remembrance and preparation for the coming celebration. So Lent gives Christians an opportunity not only for remembrance, but also for preparation for the coming celebration. Numerous times in the Bible, we're told to remember. The most obvious likely being Jesus' command to take communion in remembrance of him in Luke twenty-two nineteen. Lent extends the remembrance of many themes. Uh, for example, humanity's mortality and God's immortality, selflessness, selflessness, Godward focus. These are themes that we continually remember during the season of Lent. And what it does is it extends remembrance to a 40-day period, an intentional 40-day period, so that Christians reflect upon and remember these themes. Additionally, Christians remember Jesus' time in the desert in preparation of his own earthly ministry. I wonder how much more effective our lives and ministries would be if we did that for 40 days before a big decision, if we went out to the desert and prayed and fasted for 40 days. It takes some self-dedication, some some motivation, some uh, dependence on God, total dependence on God. I'm not going to eat for 40 days. That's what Jesus did. And so since Christ serves as our ultimate example, we should take seriously the call to remember by modeling our lives after Jesus himself. Lent is a somber season, but it also gives Christians a time to prepare for the coming celebration. 
Lent leads to the Easter season, the 50-day season that follows. And it's unfortunate that many Christians and churches approach celebration as something for which preparation is not necessary. In our culture, preparation often seems to be linked to rigor, dogma, and a lack of joy. But as a practical matter, our grandest celebrations in life require preparation. Think of Fourth of July celebrations. There's a huge one where I live in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, Every summer, they have the Fourth on Broadway, and it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars and a lot of preparation, but it's a big celebration. So why then would we not desire to prepare for the grandest of celebrations, the celebration of Christ's resurrection, ascension, and his eventual return? By observing Lent, we rightly prepare for the coming celebration, not only of Easter Sunday alone, but the 50-day season of Easter. Easter is a season the 50-day season of Easter that follows, leading to Pentecost, another time of celebration. And we celebrate the expectation of Jesus' return. And so by observing Lent, we gain a remembrance and a preparation for the coming celebration. So we gain a loss of self. <laughs> That's uh, That may seem contradictory, but... As the, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. So we gain a loss of self. We gain a humility and dependence of, on, on God. We gain a Godward focus and we gain a remembrance and preparation for the coming celebration. So current trends reveal that Christians are returning to liturgy. I've mentioned that a few times. Even in evangelical and free traditions, liturgical seasons and feasts are being observed more. And there seems to be a resurgence of liturgy in the church and, in fact, a resurgence of the observance of Lent. Now, you will hear a lot, probably if you're paying attention, about Mardi Gras. New Orleans and other places that have it especially on Fat Tuesday. Um, Again, that is a a distortion of what uh, Shrove Tuesday and Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent are intended to be. But the season of Lent is not uniquely Catholic or dogmatic, but it's rather an intentional method by which to live in the reality of God's story. And so there is much that we can gain from observing Lent. Christians should remember to celebrate God's story. And observing Lent is one way which we can do so. Thank you for listening. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones.